just another week this this might be the for those of us at lollygagging sports this might be our favorite show of the year it is of course the trade deadline that is to well we're, we're recording it about an, what, an hour hour and a half after after the deadline has passed but this is our annual trade deadline special uh i am bo reed along with smith the button matthew Irby's on vacation well you know smith i, I think he might be uh a little envious of the fact that he's not on the air this week to talk about a lot. This was this was a little bit of a of a wild deadline, and it didn't. It wasn't just today. I mean, this started over the weekend. Yeah, this was fun. I mean, it's a little scary. You know, both of our teams were involved this year, so that's always a little frightening. Um, <laughs> so you don't know what's going to happen. It's a little bit easier when you go to a dog in a fight. But like you said, you know, we around these parts love the trade deadlines. It's one of my favorite baseball days of the year. I know it's one of your favorites, too. And, uh-huh. and Matthew Irby is, is off, like, fighting bears or something. So, um, <laughs> you know, sorry to miss out on this. And he's going to have some nice surprises. He's a Rangers fan when he gets home. Yeah, he will. So, but, uh <laughs> We're missing out on the deadline show, so that is a shame, but don't worry, guys. We're, we're going to get you through this. <laughs> we're, well, we're going to try. Uh, you know, I, I, This was – the last half hour was a little bit more furious than it has been the last couple of years. So uh, – but we're going we're, we're gonna to navigate our best through it. But first, Samantha, I think we'd be, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up Big Sexy in his retirement. I mean, we got to do that yeah. first. We have to, we have to do this off the top because Bartolo Colon is a beloved player on this show. He is Samantha loves him. We love him. Irby loves him. I love him. Like he is absolutely one of this this show's favorite players. And I hope he's listening because I would like to get him on the show one of these days and have a and have one heck of a conversation that probably lasts five hours. But on September seventeenth, he's officially going to retire in Queens as a Met. So. Is he gonna be like fifty <laughs> when this retirement goes down? I mean, well, guess who got tickets? Of course you of did. See, this so, is where I'm envious. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna go. We gotta. This is something we, that I needed to see live and in person. It is conveniently located <laughs> in my in my local area. I will be back in New York by that point, so I'm very very stoked about that. But yeah, I mean, he's like. Jeez, I feel like he's been 50 forever, so I don't know. Bartello, an old man, finally retiring, obviously, you know, beloved figure in both of our organizations, and very much so on this podcast, so yeah. we love Big Sexy, very <laughs> excited about this, so I'm, I'm really, really happy he's getting a, a nice send-off from, I mean, it is Mets, and I don't know how I feel about that, because it's like, oh my god, get away from them, get away from them, more on that in a minute, um, but, but, uh, Yes, yes. Very excited to to give Bartolo the lovely send off that he deserves. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's dive in to all of these different moves. Uh, now we we don't have enough time to talk about every single trade, so I think we can leave out some of the the minor ones. But there were quite a few big ones out there. Uh, let's start, uh, Samantha. Let's start with the Guardians here because the the Savali trade intrigues me because obviously the guardians are still very much in contention for the division that no one seems to want to win in the AL central very much in contention there. Savali has been an outstanding pitcher all year long, but the, the power hasn't quite been there in that lineup and the bat coming back can rake. So I'm curious, Samantha, because this is, it's, it's trading the best starting pitcher in the middle of a pennant race, but you needed the bat. So where, where do you stand on this, on this trade of Savali? Well, I think it's, it's mixed feelings here, right? A lot of which has to do with the fact that like we love Savali and, and you hate that. You hate to see a beloved player traded away 
at any point, and you especially hate it when it's somebody who's actively helping you in the moment and who is controllable. And yeah, I mean, there are there are a lot of things to hate about this. At the same time, I don't know how you turn that deal down. This is exactly what your organization is missing, and you can farm. 10 more Savalis if you need to. Mm -hmm. Guardians do not seem to have any trouble developing starting pitching. They can create many more Savalis. What they can't seem to do is develop a power bat. So um, this is, a, I think, a pretty can't-miss prospect in that way. And so I think it's discouraging, and I understand why people are upset about it. But what it really comes down to is that the division is still very winnable, even without Savali. Because look at the Twins. Just look at them. Look at the Twins. The Guardians have tried to give this division <laughs> away multiple times, and the Twins were like, no, thank you. I don't want that. So, you know, the Guardians are probably still going to go on to win the division. I, I really still think that's true. And you weren't going to win the World Series even with Savali. So, really, it's an opportunity to get something that you need. And the problem with, with Savali over the long term is that what he was doing was completely unsustainable. This was not going to continue. He could keel over tomorrow with a sprained butt again. Like, I, <laughs> he can't stay healthy. And while I'm incredibly grateful to him for, for the performance he gave us, and he's a wonderful guy, and I hope he finds success there, and, you know, I don't want him to get hurt again. I, I want him to go and, and have a very positive experience in Tampa and a very good career. But the fact of the matter is the odds on that aren't good because he's never been able to stay healthy. So you have this opportunity to sell really high on a pitcher who's going to have very little value after he gets hurt again, which puts some money back into the coffers for the future and gets you a very controllable bat that is, I, I can't miss, I, I can't quite bring myself to say can't miss prospect. But a prospect who's probably going to be able to deliver exactly what you need that you were incapable of farming yourself. Right. So, I mean, I guess the big thing there was like, well, if you do this, you've got to move Bell. And, and they did that. They did it at the 11th right. hour. They moved Bell. They got all the money. I mean, the Marlins are eating all the money on Bell, which is remarkable. I mean, so Gene Segura and a prospect comes back. It's a lottery ticket prospect. It doesn't really matter. You were just trying to unload salary. You're going to have to pay Segura, but it's going to save you like three and a half million bucks, and they're just releasing Segura anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Save a little cash. You clear the path for Kyle. I, his, I'm having problems with his last name, though. Not that I can't pronounce it, but that I can't remember it, so I'm just going to call him Marzipan <laughs> because it's something like that. So anyway, Marzipan. Um, watch five years from now when he's like our best hitter on the field. Really bad. I'm not going to care. Um, but anyway, you know, Marzipan, clear pass now. Uh, to his spot, you're out from under Bell's contract, which is another thing that you needed, and you have sold as high as you can possibly sell on Savali. So as much as I would have loved to see them go in and buy a little more and make maybe some minor contributions towards what's going on this year to kind of help them ensure uh, at least winning the division, it's the right move. I, I just, I, I hate it. But it's the right move. <laughs> just, just so we're clear, uh, the responsibility of mispronouncing names is all me. I just want to throw it out there. Mispronouncing, I was, but I wasn't going to mispronounce not, it. I, I can't remember. Not, not, <laughs> not remembering is also part of that. It's kind of like a combo. So one, two, you get one, you get the other. See, that's that's all my territory. Um, that's <laughs> well, you can you can call him Marzipan too if you would like. Uh. <laughs> I probably will now. That's how it's going to be in my memory. So when I say that, it's, it's entirely your fault for putting it there. Yeah, no Kyle Manzardo, but he's Marzipan now. Sorry, buddy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let, let's let's pivot over to that AL West. Boy, was it active. Um, yeah. Three, three teams, two of which are actual contenders and one we've already written off, uh, decided to act like a big boy seller. Um, but I, you know, I, I tell you what, let's start with those angels. I mean, they, they didn't do that bad. I mean, it's 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 a little too little too late, and I don't think Trout's going to be back in time to really truly make this a big deal. But I mean, come on, they go out, they get what's what was considered the best starting pitcher at the time on the market. We didn't know that the Mets were going to do what the Mets did. So Giolito was considered the the top prospect, the, the top prize at the time that deal was done. They add to the bullpen. They add some offense, which <laughs> am I the only one that finds it absolutely hilarious that they added to the offense after Chapman is caught saying that the only one they can do is Atani? I can't be yeah. the only one that thinks that's hilarious because it is. So 
the Angels make those moves, uh, and then then the, the the two at the top of the division really exchanging some blows. The, the Rangers go out, they get Max Scherzer, uh, they get Jordan Montgomery, they get Stratton for the bullpen. Now they get Austin Hedges today. The Astros countered with Verlander. They had already picked up Graveman um, or, or middle of last week, late last week. So they address the bullpen. They they get a, they, they get Verlander back. Um, it's interesting, like, like hearing the response, like the reactions to these two teams and where they're going at. Now, I, I'm looking at this. I, I see that the Rangers got another starter, not just one. They got two. They got the two bullpen pieces. The Astros got one. If you're splitting hairs, I think you lean Rangers on who won this trade deadline. But Verlander does the way that these two have been pitching, Scherzer and Verlander. The way they have been pitching this year, Verlander is a tick better. Then Scherzer. So it really comes down to what do you get out of Jordan Montgomery? Is that enough to really carry the Rangers trade acquisitions to be the true w- winner between these two clubs at the deadline? Yeah, I well, okay, let's start with the Angels. Let's let's just get that out of the way first. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, like I, I want to, if this were a different team, I would consider this a nice thing to do for your fans. Like, you know what, we're just gonna roll with Otani. We don't care if we're not getting anything back. We're going to do everything we can to help him. Like, if, if I really thought they were doing this because that is the nice thing to do for your fans, I would respect it. But we know they're doing it because Artie is insane. That's why they're doing this, because Artie thinks mm-hmm. that by doing this, they're going to go to the playoffs, and then somehow Otani will change his mind and be like, you know what, I do want to resign here after all. That's what Artie thinks. That's why this is happening. So... I mean, good luck to them, right? I mean, they did better than you thought, but in the end, is this enough? I don't think they're a playoff team. I still don't think that. We had a funeral for them, and I stand by that. I don't think it's going to make any difference. It's like you said, it's too little, too late. So let's throw that one out. Mm -hmm. Um, The other two, yeah, I mean, these are smart moves by both clubs, although, my God, poor Kendall Graveman. That guy, (laughs) twice now, twice. Like, this is like double jeopardy. You know, like, shouldn't there be a rule or something? Like, you can't be traded against your will back to the same organization that you never wanted to be on in the first place. That poor guy. My God. I feel bad um, for him, too. Yeah. It's just mean. It's just mean. Um, but, yeah, I think advantage Rangers here, um, mostly because I feel like they're in the driver's seat here. I, I think they were the better team to begin with. And, like, yeah, if you're going to, like, one for one it, like, yes, for Lander better than Scherzer, Yeah. But I, I think the acquisitions go further towards addressing need for the Rangers than mm. they did for the Astros. So ultimately, and, and nobody's under any illusion here that it's like we're talking about like, you know, 2019 Max Scherzer, you know, or 2020 Max Scherzer or, you know, the Verlander that we saw with the Astros before. Like these guys are not what they once were. These are insurance pieces to help round out a solid playoff rotation. I think they're both going to show up. I think they're both going to pitch well. But as far as the way the rest of the regular season goes, it's I think the Rangers have the edge here. I really think they did a better job and they were more committed to it. You know, they they went in harder and Mm -hmm. I think it's going to pay off. Do you think the Astros make that trade for Verlander if the Rangers didn't trade for Scherzer? Maybe, maybe. Like, there's a maybe. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks they were going to do this anyway because they they needed to buy a pitcher and it made sense. Um, you know, he was amenable to going back there, so there's a, a good relationship between him and that team. Um, but I also think that, like, we all know there's this weird thing where the Astros can't stay out of the Rangers' business. They just can't, right? <laughs> like, they're obsessed with it. It's weird. After they won a World Series, they were complaining about the name of the Texas Rangers. Like, what? what didn't you worry about what you're doing? Like, it's, it's super, super weird. So there's definitely a part of me that thinks that the Astros were like, oh, you got a Mets pitcher? I want a Mets pitcher. <laughs> like, it's, I'm not completely willing to dismiss the possibility because they are that petty and that, like, overly concerned with what the Rangers are doing. So, <laughs> it's possible. We, we have talked extensively on this show about the little brother syndrome uh, mm-hmm. that's going on in Houston. Well, I, I, I will say this. You know, great job getting Verlander, but unless the Astros fix Frambar Valdez, this ain't going around anywhere. Like, they are not doing anything near what they want to do because he hasn't been right for weeks now. Yeah. Just completely yeah. melted down a week ago against the Rangers. Like, I, I don't know what's wrong with him, but th- that's not going to get you where you want to be. 
Verlander can't pitch when <laughs> he can't pitch every game of the playoffs. He just can't do it. So. Yeah, I well, let me ask you this. Like, I as soon as they got Verlander, there was this weird knee jerk reaction, mostly coming from Yankees fans who I, I think are just still like I don't know. Those people are not okay right now, so that might be part they're of not, this. No, but yeah. like they're they're like really not okay. And you know, they got like mown down by the Astros a year ago, mostly because they just freaking quit. Like, great job, Yankees. You guys just gave up in the middle of the series. They quit. But like, okay, you know, I'm hearing a lot of well, the the Astros are the team to beat now, and I'm like. I think that's only true if you're going on historical precedent mm-hmm. because I don't see how like having seen a lot more Rangers games than Astros games admittedly because who the hell would want to watch an Astros game. <laughs> um, so I really only see the Astros when they're playing my team or your team or, or the Red Sox or, or I have some other reason for watching it, but like, you know, the Rangers have looked really, really dominant when I have watched them. They've had their ups and downs, but I did, you know, I watched them completely bowl over the Guardians. And the Astros, who are playing the Guardians right now, had a really bad series the last time they faced the Guardians, and they lost two of three. And we'll see what happens in this one. But, you know, they're not exactly blowing anybody's doors off. And, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, it's... <laughs> I just don't know if it's enough. I, I don't, I, well, I guess, you know, after my monologuing about it, my actual question to you was, do you think the Astros are the team to beat in the American League? No. Because I don't. No. <laughs> so. No. In terms of the, again, if you want to, if you want to make the argument that they're the team to beat in the West, that I could, I could at least, you know, sit there and say, okay, that, that's worth the discussion. But are they better than Baltimore? No. See, I think Texas is better than Baltimore, though. So this is where I have a problem because That's I am interesting. very underwhelmed by Baltimore. Well, so if I mean, anybody's the team to beat, it's Texas. The other thing is, is like Baltimore is like the opposite of the Padres, right? Like, like on paper, they're not that impressive, but they keep winning and they've been consistent all year long. Unlike the Padres, who are very impressive on paper and blow games like they did last night against the Rockies. So. But so does Baltimore. You know, Baltimore keeps losing to middling teams. Like, you know, they, they got their asses handed to them by the Guardians earlier this season who cannot hit because they can't pitch. Yeah. So, like, I, the pitching is a problem. I mean, yeah. it, it helps to go out and get Jack Flaherty. That's helpful. Sure. But is it enough? That'll help. I don't think well, so. It, well, I mean, I mean there, 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 there's a lot of guys that moved today that it's like, okay, um, if they're if they're, they're they're true selves, then yeah, you've got to heck them to upgrade. And I think Flaherty's one of them, right? Like, yeah. Like if if you're getting if being back in a pennant race adds adds the juice to sure. to his arm where he's able to get back to his self, then yeah, that's a heck of an upgrade. But if he's if he keeps pitching the way he's pitched this year, then it's not that much of an upgrade for Baltimore. What Baltimore gets you is they got a really good bullpen and they can hit. Yeah. Right. That's where they get you. So. You can in the regular season. You're fine. It's fine for the marathon. But I see your point. Like it, 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 you know, Verlander starting game one against the Orioles. That's probably not going to go well for Baltimore. Yeah. You know. So I, I can see your point there. So that's that's fine. Uh, Verlander against Scherzer. Verlander against Evaldi provided Evaldi's elbow is okay, which it should mm-hmm. be. Right? Yeah. That's a different com- that's a different conversation. So, I yeah. See, so yeah, I, I see your point. Uh, but I the American League to me is completely wide open. I agree. All right, and we, we talk about this every year. The hot team's going to get it. The hot team's going to get it. Last year, the Astros were just the heads and shoulders best team in the American League. End up winning the World Series, right? Like, like, like we were we were really trying to come up with ways that the Astros were losing the American League playoffs, and the Mariners were the best shot until they blew that lead in Game One. Right, it was the best shot we had. This year's different. It, it feels different. It looks different, and you know, I think the Astros put themselves in a better position today. But is it enough? I don't think so. No, I think we're we're back to the usual question, which is who's the hottest coming into the playoffs? Right. You yeah. know, I mean, I think you can eliminate a couple of people off the back end of this. Sure. Like, you know, Cleveland, if they're the hottest team, they might win a series. They're not going to the World Series. Like, I'm sorry, everyone. I wish I was wrong about that. But, like, that's not going to happen. 
I don't think Toronto has the juice to do it either. Right. But the rest of them, like, we can talk about, well, who's the hottest at the right time? Like, and I think we're putting Houston back into that category as opposed to last year where they just kind of ran over everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And, and just one more note on the Angels. Yeah, they've improved. But they they have not improved to where they would be five games better than the Rangers or the Astros, and that's what they would have to be to win the West. And they would have probably have to be five games better than them to be a wild card team. They're just too far behind. That's what I'm saying. Like I yeah, I don't buy it at all. Like no, <laughs> no. I'm not either. I'm not either. All right, let's let's switch gears. Let's talk about. The, I think we have to talk about the Dodgers here. Yeah, because uh, this is not something I, I, that I think we're used to seeing. Because like it was clear what they wanted. They wanted a impact starting pitcher. They think they get that with Rodriguez with the Tigers. They think they have that, and then Rodriguez goes, "No, I want to stay in Detroit." <laughs> This is the funniest thing that happened all day. This is so great. So indulge me, conspiracy theory, because, okay, so why does Eduardo Rodriguez not want to go to the Dodgers? So I can't think of a single reason why he would have a problem with, like, the Dodgers as an organization. And Detroit, I'm sorry, like, I don't think that guy just loves Detroit so much. So the question becomes, who is it on the Dodgers that he doesn't want to be anywhere near? So what we're looking for then are former Red Sox who are now in the Dodgers, right? Because who else could it be? So, you know, who's the former teammate who he's got a problem with? So I threw out, there's four candidates, I think. You throw out Mookie Betts and Kike Hernandez because, like, who would ever not like them? And then I threw out Joe Kelly because, like, you know, the people who don't like Joe Kelly are not usually the people who are on his side, mm-hmm. which left me with J.D. Martinez. And then... Uh, one of my Twitter pals pointed out that J.D. Martinez was also in Detroit. He was in all three places. So I think we've solved our mystery. Eduardo wow. Rodriguez hates J.D. Martinez. I don't know why. I would like to find out. I love a baseball mystery. So if anybody has any theories, like, please, please DM me. But, like, wow. I mean, like, way to screw the pooch, man. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, you know what? Like... <laughs> One, we, sh- we should definitely get him on, in, on the uh, on, on the couch and, and try to figure it out like we did with you with the Giants. We should definitely do that. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, beyond that, you know, you know, in, in, in real talk, uh, this notion that he wanted to be closer to his family in Miami feels a little flat to me. You're nowhere near Miami either way. That's it what, doesn't matter. My point, like, right? I don't buy that. Like, no. Miami to Detroit's what, a four-hour flight, three-hour flight, four-hour flight? Probably four I bet it's fly. not direct either, and I know you can get I, a direct flight I mean, from L.A. I mean, to I mean, let me tell you something. I, you know, living down here, I can promise you it's not a direct flight. Yeah, but L.A. to Miami, that's a direct that's flight. That's a direct flight. I don't believe you, Eduardo. That's a direct flight, and it's a five-hour flight. So I don't I, I, I don't get that excuse. I think if you're going to try and come up and pull something out of your ass, you do a little better job than that. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you, like, purely just out of self-preservation, if you're going to lie, you say, I just love it here. I love it in Detroit. I don't want to leave. Because then it's harder for your current team to get mad at you. And, like, nobody can dispute that. Because how is anyone going to prove that you don't love it in Detroit other than that it's Detroit? I was about to say, who would? (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, I realize that doesn't really sound any more plausible, but it is harder to disprove. So... (laughs) (laughs) So this, <laughs> this guy, wow. Well, what it means though is the Dodgers completely struck out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's a it, it's a, it's a team that believe it or not actually does need some starting pitching for once, which is weird. They bought a bunch of other crap. Um, they did like, do that. <laughs> like, how many platoons can we build? Well, I mean, face left-handed pitching. Sure, Ahmed Rosario, Kike Hernandez, knock yourself out. Uh, Dodgers, right. Dodgers version of Moneyball. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna take these five these five <laughs> these five twos and turn them into a ten. That's what we're gonna do. Dave Roberts is, is such a lineup construction wizard. Sure. Um <laughs> absolutely. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. God. All right, so so now you got the Dodgers. Um we'll talk about the Padres here in a second, but yeah, I mean there is no outside of waiver claims, which would just be another round of what they've already bought at the deadline. This is it, Dodgers. Yeah. This is this is your team 
The Diamondbacks went out. They got better. Slightly. Not overwhelming. But they did enough, I think, to stay in, stay in this conversation. The Giants did nothing. We'll talk about them in a bit. Yeah, didn't, well, wait, they traded for what? What was it, AJ Pollock? Did they trade for something? Is it AJ Pollock? I think they got Pollock. They may have gotten Pollock, yeah. Yeah, not much, though. Not, not much, much, not much. Mm-hmm. Not much. No, but you know, look at that. I mean, it's probably still enough for the Dodgers to win the West. But yeah. they are. Like, it's amazing how much farther behind the Braves they are than they were a year ago and two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, yeah what this comes down to. Right. So, like, I mean, they're probably still going to win the division. They're definitely still a playoff team. They're probably a team that can go pretty deep mm-hmm. in the playoffs. But ultimately, there is a big gap between you and the Braves. And, like, if you whiff on the starting pitcher, then that was the big piece, right? Like, that was the thing where you start saying, okay, okay, you came to play. But, like, all these little, like, dink and dunk trades, like, I'm sure that will help them. But, like, and ultimately, you know, we always talk about sometimes it's the, the little guys that really make a difference. And ultimately, you know, if Ahmed Rosario is in his I get three hits a night phase as opposed to his I don't hit anything for three weeks phase. And then Ahmed Rosario gets a game winning hit in, you know, game seven against the Braves and the NLCS. Then there you go. There's your David Freese. I'm sorry to bring that up again. Though. I apologize. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes it's the little guys. But. I don't know. I mean, let's talk about these other West teams, right? <laughs> Hanging around, you know, and, and smartly not pushing all their chips in, especially the Diamondbacks. This is not your year to go all in. They were smart. Yep, 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 yep. You know, and then what I loved was the Braves just casually in the middle of the chaos that is today, just casually brought in Brad Hand. Yeah, yeah. Ca- not that I, I'm sorry, I do not believe in Brad Hand at all. I don't, I don't, I just. I don't think that adds anything, but it, you know, we'll you know it, it, it makes the bullpen just a, a scotch deeper, a little maybe, bit, maybe a, a little bit deeper, you know. But it just—it was just such a casual but quick strike. Like, I, listen, I, I, I have experienced a lot of Brad hands, and I'm not sure this is an ad. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Um, <laughs> I was uh, so you know, <clears throat> little, little fun, you know, little chronicles of of, of Bo's trade deadline day. I was in Target, and I I, I check I, I I do what I'm supposed to do. I check I check my my Twitter feed in the car. Get out of the car, go into Target. I get to my first destination in the store. I check my Twitter feed again, and it already had happened. So in the span of like three minutes, <laughs> there was nothing on it, and then Brad Ham was a brave. It's just so I mean, stealth. <laughs> I mean, how else does one get Brad Hand? Do you think anybody was fighting them for Brad Hand? No, um, I don't think so. <laughs> but I think you can also make the argument that, like, did Atlanta really need to add? No. I think Atlanta is going to be fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, guys, we should really do something. Everybody else is out here having fun. Yeah. Go get Brad Hand. Okay, I'll tell you what. Sure. Just, just kick that kickball there right in the middle of the scrum. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the rest of this division. The Padres. Did, did, did they really? Did they really take sweeping the Rangers? over the weekend as a sign that they should stay in and, and buy? Because I got to tell you, Padres, Padres guys, that was not the best Rangers lineup uh, you were facing. No Seager, no Heim. Like, it was not, not a very potent offense. Not the best pitching either. I, I, I don't. I don't think you could look at that sweep of the Rangers and say, "Yeah, we're definitely in it." We just swept the Rangers. I heard that on the national broadcast today, over and over again. I'm like, did you watch that series? It doesn't even matter. It's one series. Also like, true. I just like it's the pot. The Mets of the West. I mean, I just every time I see they do stuff like this, and I think of the Logan Roy meme with the "You are not serious people." Like that's where we're at here. <laughs> you know, what are like, they doing? They should be selling. Are you out of your mind? I mean, oh my God. Snell, Snell and Hater are free agents after this off, after this season. And based off of 
the way everything went down, you know, they could have gotten some good prospects if they had packaged those two together. Yeah, or Soto. Or, like, or what Soto. Yeah. Doing? It's, it's well, it's, it's it's almost like they, they 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 think that they need to somehow try and make this era work because of all the money they spent. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if there's any logic to it at all. If it's just, I saw a shiny thing, I want a shiny thing. Like, I don't know what they're doing. They're just doing stuff. It's very Mariners-like, in a way. <laughs> we're just doing stuff. Needed to do some stuff. Like, it'll all make sense later. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting, Jerry. Still waiting. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know... <laughs> I don't think anything that the Padres did God. makes much sense, and it's not going to make any sense. I mean, when when they have a you know when they, when they go into September and they're still five to eight games back of a of a playoff spot, they're going to realize it was all for naught. But you know that's yeah, <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. Although with their, with their level of delusion out in San Diego, I don't know they may not realize it. Uh, let's let, let's go to Bay Area. Though. Let's talk about the Giants. Didn't really was, weren't weren't a factor in this. Does that surprise you at all? No, no. Um, I think they're gearing up to run at Atani yeah. in the off season, and they're saving their money. That's smart. Yeah, um, I agree. I, you have not a wonderful farm system. Some pieces you could trade, but you're ramping up for next year, right? In theory, or at least you're going to be a big player in that. I think if you're the Giants, I think that's the smart move. So, you know, you go out and get a bat to bolster things a little bit. You can afford to do that. You're hanging around the race. You'll probably continue to hang around the race. And, you know, it's a team. I think you make a good argument that if they got hot, um, they could be a competitor in the postseason. I think you're right where you want to be. So I'm, I'm good with the Giants doing very little. Mm, God, you, you put a Tani on that Giants roster and... Yeah, I you know I'm glad I'm not in the you know West. Let's just put it that way. My goodness. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, um, let's flip it over to the National League East. Uh, we got, we talked about the Braves a, a little bit, but I, I think it's time, Samantha, that we talk about the Mets. <laughs> we have to, don't we? We have to. I, we right. we kind of have to now. <laughs> There's so many different ways to go about this conversation. Um, so it, it was Max Scherzer actually confirmed today when he when he met with the media in Arlington that the Mets are they are planning for 2025. So they've already wiped out 2024, which now explains why they traded Verlander. Right? They, they've already wiped out 2024 in their minds. Like 2024 doesn't exist. 2025 to 2026. So we're do, we're going to do a quick two year rebuild, and we're going to take what heck of a financial hit the first year because in just the AL West alone, they're shipping 33 million dollars to Texas in the Scherzer deal, and 55 million to the Astros in the Verlander deal. That's that's more than the A's pay for their entire team, and the Mets are sending that to two AL West teams, so they could have what start over. Yeah, I don't like this just from a general, like, this sets a bad precedent if it works. Because what you're doing, essentially, Mm -hmm. is taking advantage of the fact that baseball doesn't have a salary cap. So you can afford to just dump an ungodly amount of money, buy prospects. That's what you're doing. You are buying prospects. Yeah. Who, let's be honest, do you think the Mets are developing those prospects or are they replenishing so they can flip them? for more major leaguers. I think that's what they're doing. So you're buying your way out of a tremendous mistake, which granted you also bought your way into. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm not super concerned about it in this particular instance, like probably because I don't hate the Mets. I just think they're morons, but um, also, you know, it's the Mets. They're going to screw this up, right? You know, they're going to screw this up, but I don't love the precedent because what happens when somebody else who has a ton of money and was a lot smarter than this decides to do this too? It's a really kind of a crappy way to build a team. So I don't like this. I don't like this. Like, whoops, we screwed up. We overpaid somebody. So we're going to pay to make a problem go away and buy some prospects in the process. Like I do not like this precedent at all that they're setting. Now it's smart. It's one of the smarter things that they've done, but their inability to follow through on it kind of wipes out that argument as well, and it's setting a real bad precedent. So don't love that. Not love that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't either. Actually, I hadn't even thought about 
them flipping over major league. That's, that's you know, God, the Padres and the Mets are basically the same. Yeah, Mets of the West, Padres of the East. Take a pick. I mean, we joke, but uh, but I'm not kidding. Like, like they're actually like the same. Their their strategy is the same. Their execution is equally as poor. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. All right, all right. Well, let's let's flip it over to the AL East. Um, I, I do I do want to talk about the Cubs for a little bit in a second, but let's do the AL East first uh, because the Orioles go out, they get Flaherty. We talked about that earlier. Uh, the Blue Jays made some moves. Uh, they got some good news on Bo Bichette, which I thought that was going to be a meniscus problem when I when I saw the replay. But yeah, nothing. Yeah, that nothing, nothing structural. Not so as good, bad as it thought. Good yeah. news there. Uh, they still, uh, you know, they, they still go out. They they uh, <clears throat> they make a few moves. I don't know what if it changes their standing in the AL East, but they didn't just sit on their hands. What do you think about the Blue yeah. Jays? No, I think this is good. Um, I don't necessarily think if you're the Blue Jays right now that you need to push all your chips into the middle of the table and say we need to win the AL East. I don't think that's realistic. So I think this was the smart play, which is to shore up a little bit to make sure that you are staying well within the wild card race and that you will have some extra pieces so that you can compete. Because like we said, the American League's wide and open, right? So like, I don't know that I have them at the front of the pack. But if they get hot, they have a chance. They have a chance. Mm-hmm. So I think this is this was pretty good. Um, it didn't address their biggest problem, but I don't think they had the ability to do that without kind of cashing in in a way that would not have made sense based on how their season is going and how the rest of the AL East is shaping up. So, I mean, I know it's tempting, and I, I applaud their ability to not fall for the, this is our year because the Yankees are out of it. Like, guys, the Yankees are not... Like, the, the Yankee mystique hasn't been real for a long time. Yeah. Like, they haven't been a truly competitive juggernaut for a really long time. So the idea that, like, oh, we must strike while the Yankees are down is ridiculous because the Yankees are not the thing you need to worry about. The whole division is competitive. So if you look at the landscape over there and you say, okay, like, Baltimore looks really, really good. Tampa looks not nearly as good as a lot of people think they are, but pretty good. You know, and, you know, New York and Boston are hanging around, and at the very least, they're going to make your life hard. So I think it was smart to, yeah, like, make a couple of moves, shore up what you got, but, like, don't do anything crazy. I don't think this was the year to do that for them. No, no. In fact, I mean, coming into play today, they were, what, the third wild card team, I think? Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so, yeah. I mean, I I really like the Hicks pickup back in the bullpen. Agreed. Uh, That guy is just nasty. Um, so I like I like that pickup. I like that pickup a lot. They they go out. They get um, was it? Uh, I'm always blanking. Like, is it Dijon out of, out of St. Louis? Oh yeah, that was a little more confusing. But I mean, sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, okay. Uh. Well, you never know. You never know. You know. You know. Bo- Bobichet's gonna be down for at least a couple of days. So <laughs> get, yeah, get yeah. Some offense somewhere. Uh, but no, it's great news though on Bobichet because like I really did think he did something to his meniscus when I saw that. So. Uh, glad, glad to be wrong. Uh, so you got the Orioles. They go out, they get Flaherty. That's really all they did. Uh, that surprised me. I thought they were going to be a little bit more active. Yeah, I did too. I mean, it's so hard to know with the Orioles because they so frequently lie to everyone about what they're doing. And I don't know if we all maybe fell for it a little bit. We fell for the, hey, look, they're competitive now. They're going to go out and spend a bunch of money. And it's like, <laughs> jokes on you. Remember the off season when this guy was basically saying, like, we don't have any money. How dare you ask us about money on this, you know, holiest of holy days that have nothing to do with us, um, you know, on Martin Luther King Day, because that applies to you, like old white man who owns a baseball team. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe we all kind of, like, you know, fell for the, the smoke and mirrors a little bit with Baltimore. Um, I think they should have done more. Um, I, I don't love this deadline for them. I mean, I think getting Jack Flaherty is, is smart. That's that's a good move. It's not enough, but it is a good move in the right direction. I was surprised they weren't more active. They're going to come out and say that there are Otani players this offseason, and they're going to spend big, and I don't believe that for a second. But no. that's what they're going to tell us. You know that, that's a it's it's a nice convenient excuse if they want to go mm-hmm. that go that route. Except 
you know, uh, <laughs> you cried wolf so many times, I'm not going to believe you. Uh, yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. Now, I mean, if, if you want to come out and say, well, you know, yeah, we're in a great spot and we're, we're in contention, but we didn't want to mortgage our future and we, and we don't spend very much money, at least they would be honest. You know, and they're like, okay, well, you know, you're hanging on, you're hanging on prospects, but this is the best farm system in baseball. You could have yeah, dealt we- and been just fine yeah. for your future. So, Why are you hoarding prospects? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why were you not in on Aaron Savali, for example? Mm-hmm. Because you're, okay, you're saying you don't have a lot of money. You're looking for controllable players. There were controllable players available. There were also people who were relatively cheap in terms of, like, what you would actually have to pay. And you have an outstanding farm system. You Nobody's saying you needed to move Jackson Holiday. Nobody's saying that. Mm-hmm. Like, why were you not moving one of the many pieces you have to to give yourself a better chance? Because, like, like we said, American League's wide open, right? But, like, yeah. right now you're setting yourself up to get run over by Texas and Houston. Because you didn't make pitching moves you needed to make. So, well, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, I, I love the Orioles, but this is, you know, it's a little bit disappointing. Like, I, you know, you and I both hate prospect hoarding, and that's exactly what's happening. Here. Well, I mean, so. you, you look at, you look at, because I, I thought, really, I thought going into, into this that I didn't think the Astros had the farm to get Verlander. And, <laughs> and, if, yeah. and, and if you look at the trade, I really wonder if he just said, no, I'm only going to go to Houston. Because... While they got the Astros' number one prospect, he was the he's number sixty eight in baseball. So that's how down the the Astros' farm system is. Which you know, you go to the playoffs the Guardians and, got more for Savali. Yeah, in terms of prospect return, because this was the salary jump for the Mets. Right. So, right. So <laughs> if the if 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 Houston was eating a lot more cash than they are, then yeah, okay, fine. You know, then, then you, right. you, you take the sure. price. Right. You know, but but the fact is. They accepted the number 68 prospect in baseball. The other guy who was the Astros number four is not even in the top 100 in baseball. That's the prospect hall, and you're giving the Astros $55 million when the Orioles easily could have. They, come on. They, 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 could, they could have sent their 15th prospect, and it would have been better than 68 out of baseball. So well, it makes you wonder what happened behind the scenes, at least to me. Oh, yeah, I would almost guarantee you this is about Verlander deciding that that was where he wanted to go because there was a lot of talk yeah. about this. And you remember the last time when they were trying to, you know, the last time somebody tried to move him, the deal got killed, and you found out later that it was because Kate didn't like it, right? So Kate's right. got a lot of say-so in all of this. And I know that the two of them said that they had a very positive experience in Houston, like which is baffling to the rest of the world, but they liked it there. Yeah. So it really makes me wonder if, like, if Verlander narrows it so much – that really your only option is to send him to Houston or, you know, maybe there's one other team that's still in the mix and that one other team took a pass, essentially, then, yeah. Like, I'm not sure I really... Verlander to the Orioles probably never made sense. It's the other moves that didn't get made that I question about the Orioles. I think Verlander, like, if I'm going, I'm going to Houston. I'm, I'm, I would almost guarantee you that's what happened. <laughs> Oh, that has to be because I mean even the Dodgers could have done better than than the haul that they got from the Astros. So, you know, I I don't I don't know. I don't know, but you know, hey. You know, the, the ALEs is all kinds of interesting because you got the Orioles at first, the Yankees are in last. The Yankees meanwhile, they're they, you know, they, they went out and got a bullpen guy. Cuz that'll fix it. <laughs> there, what did um uh, the, the very lovely uh, Randy Wilkins, um, you know, great guy, friend, and uh, Yankee fan, basically said they're becoming a farce, which is kind of exactly what's happening here. So it, it's very interesting to listen to sort of the very level-headed segment of the Yankee fan base, uh-huh. who is just like, I don't even understand what's happening here. It's like we're a parody of ourselves. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised it did anything, but I, who knows? Uh, <laughs> You know, it's going to throw the Yankees out of this whole thing. I don't think that's a factor in any of this. <laughs> you, know, you know, the thing is, though, it's like, I, obviously, I, I'm not a Yankees fan, so I can't speak for Yankees fans, but I, I can speak as a fan. And if my team was in a position where they did absolutely nothing until the last five minutes of the trade deadline and, I, and, they, and they came in with a, a, a move to add a one guy to the bullpen, I think, I think not doing something would have been better for me. I agree. 
Well, right? I agree because I think that you can send it by not doing something. You're waving the white flag. It's not our gear. You know, the, those fans aren't stupid. They know that. You know, so like, but by adding a bullpen piece, then you just look like you probably had three very ineffective days of trying to do so. It's like, I, I don't like that at all. I think that's a bad message to send. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, <laughs> look, we got, we, we did something. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, everybody sees right through that. Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> exactly what you're doing. You know, and the thing is, it, it, I want to say this. The thing that Yankees fans just can't seem to, to grasp, and, and it's not even just the fan base, it's also the front office. They can't seem to grasp the idea that sometimes you just have to tear it down. Yeah. Yep. What do you have in place? And it's got nothing really to do with being at this part of your window or that part of your window. Sometimes your roster is just not configured in a way that is conducive to a fix here and a fix there and you can contend. Like, like sometimes you have to, to, to blow it up and start over. I find it hard to believe that the Yankees are not there right now because you got an offense that is around two guys you can't keep healthy. Judge, you could keep healthy, but he really needs to DH. Stanton, I don't know what you do with Stanton except ship him off somewhere, salary dump him somewhere, and move on because he he's a he absolutely is a DH now. He's a liability in the field, so he has to DH, which means you can't DH Judge. And you got so much money tied up into these guys that the rest of your lineup is filled with guys like Connor Falefa and Rizzo. <laughs> Willie Calhoun. <laughs> Willie Calhoun. That's, that's the moves you have to make. Like You're so hamstrung by the way your roster is configured that there's nothing, you have no flexibility. There's nothing you can do to make your, to put yourselves in a position to be in the World Series again. Tear it down and start over. Yeah, it'll take a few years. It'll suck. You guys probably remember the 80s. But then do you remember the late 90s when they started building that core? In the early 90s, they drafted the Jeters and the Pettits. And then, you know, they signed the Posadas and the Mario Rivera's of the world. Like, like it, it's painful, but then you get to reap the benefits if you do it correctly. Why haven't they done I, this? Yeah, and, you know, we've been talking since last season, actually, about how this is just a badly constructed roster. Right. Like, it just is. We've been saying this since last year. It is a very, very poorly constructed roster. All the talent in the world, if it's not put together correctly, it's not going to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. So, And that is how you end up with like thinking Anthony Rizzo is going to be your savior or you're out there enduring like, God knows how much of Isaiah Kiner full of I mean, Josh Donaldson, like, oh my God, like just, I mean, just an absolute mess, right? So, yeah. so you're right. I mean, and this is like, look, you have the ability to not do like the full tank, right? You don't have to do that because you have money. So you can do like the half tank, right? Like sell off your guys. I understand you want to be able to compete within the window of judges prime. I get that, right? So you're not doing like the full blown four year tank. You're not going to do that. That's fine. You have the money and talent. Like, I mean, I hear a lot of things out of Yankee land that they're, a little bit behind the times um, in terms of talent assessment and some of the, I guess, more modern ways of assessing players, I'm not sure I buy it. Like, I think the Yankees are perfectly capable of assessing talent. Mm -hmm. The fact that they put together a bad roster, it happens. Like you said, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you put one together and you were like, you know what? This didn't work. We got to throw this out and start over. So you can do like the soft tank, here, you know, put yourself into a position where you can turn it around in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can compete on the back end of judges. You gotta get rid of Stanton. Like you gotta start selling the pieces that you do have. Like mostly what you need to do is cut salary and, and start building from within because your farm system is not in great shape. But I don't actually believe that the Yankees are not capable of putting together a good farm. Like it's gonna suck for a couple of years. Like, yeah. but you know what? Too bad. Everybody goes through it. Too bad. Like, <laughs> you know what the, the Yankees cannot escape this. You know, the, you know, the thing is, though, the thing is, you know, what would make that lineup incredibly more? Who would make that lineup incredibly more athletic right now? Ezekiel Duran. He's on the Rangers. They trade him for Gallo. Josh. Smith. Oh, yeah. Jo- Josh Smith. The problem. Trade him yeah. for Gallo. Right. Like, like you think about you think about what the lineup could be. And instead, it's it's what they have because they kept trying to go for it when there was really no reason to go for it. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, I, you fall for you fallen victim to your own mystique, right? <laughs> like you, you trick yourselves into thinking, oh my gosh, like and now they're just embarrassing. Yeah, so it's, and they are. Yeah, it's bad, and, and I don't feel bad for them. You know, uh. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I think the Red Sox by not doing anything did exactly what they should do. Yes, yes, I right. agree. I agree. You know I think the Red Sox had it exactly right. Well, yeah, <laughs> what you have is good enough to compete for a wild card spot, but it's not something you could fix to make it where you where you're going to have a deep run. So just stay pat, keep keep building towards next year. But maybe maybe you can make a run in Boston. Yeah, I, maybe you can make a run. I like what they. Do I agree. There. I agree. You're not out of the race, and you're playing competitive baseball. You're keeping people entertained. There's a reason to show up to the ballpark there, like. Yeah, no, that was the smart play. I, the Yankees, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's time for a tear it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It might be time for Brian Cashman to find another gig. Oof. Yeah, I mean, he is, is he the longest tenured GM now? I believe he, he is he has at to this be, point. And he has to sometimes, be. Sometimes, yeah, maybe this is like one of those. You know, it's time to move on, kind of a thing. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain he was GM of the Yankees when we were in high school. I, I'm pretty sure that's true. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and we're not spring chickens, guys. I can't think of anyone who's been around longer. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, he has been for my, I think my entire adult life, he's been the GM of the Yankees. So I know, yeah. I don't know, so, I know no other GM of the Yankees. So. <laughs> I don't either because we would have been little kids yeah. the last time somebody else was the GM of the Yankees. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's probably time. I mean, and, and I'm not saying he couldn't go get another job somewhere and, and do well somewhere else. I'm saying I think this has run its course. It's, it's time. It's time. <laughs> Instead, you know what they're going to do? Instead, they're going to fire him and boom, which will do no good whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Sure. All right. So, um, before we go, uh, obviously, without Irby, we don't have armchair umpires, so we get a night off from that trauma. Very traumatic rules. Anyway, we, the trade deadline is special enough. I don't, I don't need that this week. <laughs> um, All right, so before we go, give me your trade deadline winner. Who won the trade deadline? Uh, Texas. In Texas? Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and it, 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 and just, like I said at the beginning of the of the of the pod tonight, it's it's that Montgomery Stratton deal that did it for me. Yes, agree, right? Because I mean, they, they easily could have stopped at that point. You've got Scherzer in the rotation with Evaldi. Once Evaldi comes back, then you just choose between Perez and Heaney. But then they go out and get the other starter in Montgomery, who has postseason experience. They add a lot of postseason juice to the ro- to the rotation. They get Stratton for the bullpen. Now they're going to be pushing Perez and Heaney into the bullpen, I would assume. Or they could go with a six-man rotation. They've I don't think they've quite figured that out yet. But regardless, you are going to essentially add to the bullpen by moving one of those guys in there. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. I like the small moves, too. I like the, I mean, I, or all this chat is gross, but it's a good move. <laughs> and, I, the, you know, Austin Hedges. Austin like, Hedges, that, yeah. that is going to be worth more than people realize. Like, yeah, you don't want to see him back. You know how valuable that guy is to have on your team? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little thing, but it will help. So, I like it. All right, and who lost the trade deadline? Yeah. Is it the Angels? <laughs> you know. Angels? Uh, <laughs> or is it some dingbat who did nothing? Like. I mean, I don't know. Do we really have anybody other than the twins? Which, like, okay. Who did nothing? Yeah, the, yeah. the twin. The twins are the top of my list on the ones that did absolutely nothing uh, when they absolutely should have done something. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think. Maybe, well, I, is there somebody? There's, there's a couple ways to look at what the Angels did because, on one hand, I mean, this really is the last shot because Atani's walking. Trout is not the same player he he was once. He's just not. He's gotten older, and he's he's not. He's, he he can't seem to stay as healthy as he did early in his career. He's not hitting the way he did early. So so this really is the last shot to try to do something while you have a Tani. I can uh, respect that. If this is really just about yeah, this is let's yeah one I, last hurrah. I, I can respect that. I think so that's then what it the was. Loser, the Mariners. Yes, that's a good because one. Did nothing. What Excuse me, no, they on didn't. earth they are they sold. doing? Yeah. For, for the record, the Seattle Mariners had have crawled back from 10 games out. They're not five games out going into play 
as we do this podcast. They're five games out of the West. Sold. And they sold. I, and they sold. I don't understand what they're, they're doing. It'll all make sense later, right, half, Terry? It'll all make sense later. A half a game difference in the standings between the Angels and the Mariners. The Angels bought, the Mariners sold. And the Mariners were probably the better team throw out a time. You do? So, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it's, it's almost like they overreacted to Kelnick. That's, that's what I, it yeah, seems like. like. Are we, like, is this what this is? It's like we kicked the, somebody kicked the water cooler, so we're going to kick the bucket? Like, we're kicking the proverbial water cooler here? Like, I, I, wow, I don't know. I didn't understand why they were selling. I thought they were going to turn around and buy, and it's like, I... I don't know, man. It, it's got to be the most nonsensical thing that we've seen happen, yeah. at the very least. Like, yeah. at least the Angels, you can follow the logic. Like, I mean, the Padres are probably just as dumb in terms of what they're doing, but it's you can follow the logic of it, right? Sure. Like, right. this yeah. is the delusion that you can compete, that just you just needed one more thing and you'll be competitive. So, like, it's a little bit easier to swallow the, like, deluded I, I believe in us thing than the just illogical all over the place. Are we buying? Are we selling? We don't know. Let's sell. We're getting better. Now we're going to sell. That doesn't make any sense. And also, like, way to piss your fans off. Like, it's one thing to buy when you shouldn't be buying. It's mm-hmm. a different thing to sell when you shouldn't be selling. That is worse. Yeah, you know, and, and let's, just, let's just actually put a big bow on this. Uh, this is a Mariners team that made the playoffs for the first time since 2001 last year. They follow up their first successful season in 21 years with not doing anything in the offseason to improve the club. Yeah, they got worse. They got worse. They got this worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're in a position at the trade deadline, you, you, they could have gone out and, and, got, and brought a bat in to replace Kelnick. Because you know why? They needed another bat besides Kelnick. They really needed another bat, period. Could have gone out and got the bat. And then when Kelnick comes back, you make a run at the wild card spot. Maybe, just maybe, you're still in a position for the West, but the way the, the other moves went down in that division, probably not, right? But you still needed the bat anyway. At no point did they try to improve this club from the, from the second they were eliminated last offseason or last postseason. They haven't done nothing to try to make that club any better. So that absolutely does make them the loser. Yeah, I, that's got to be the worst, right? Because it's just like... Not trying is worse than trying too hard, right? Because at least if you're trying too hard, like you're putting on a good show for your fans and you're like, it's just a much more forgivable error to be deluded into thinking you can compete. And like, I mean, ultimately the damage might be worse, you know, if you clear out your farm system, if you're the angels, but like the sentiment behind it is so bad. If you're Seattle that like probably neither one of them is making the playoffs, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. somehow, even though what the Angels did is potentially more costly, this looks worse because it looks like they're not trying. And that's a really, really bad look for a team that, like you said, couldn't sniff the playoffs for 20 years. Because now if I'm a Mariners fan, I'm sitting there going, well, am I geared up for another 20? Like, this is miserable. It's miserable. And they had the talent to compete. Just needed some more pieces. And Mm -hmm. they just... Just going to get it done. Why does he still have a job? I have no idea. Why, do, why does that man still have a job? I have, no, to me. I have no clue. I have no clue. But yet every reason, they, both of them, honestly, had every reason in the world, to, if you think about it, to do what they did. Because the Angels, you're, rebu- yeah. you're rebuilding after this year no matter what. You might as well go for it. Yeah. Okay? You're rebuilding no matter what after this after this off, after this this season. They might even be looking to trade Trout this offseason. Who knows? Right? Yeah. They, like, they're going to be in rebuild mode because this is the last run. Unless Atani shocks the entire world and every galaxy within earshot of this planet by going back to the angels. Unless I will happens. assume he's a hostage if that happens. <laughs> I'm going to need like proof that like Otani blink twice, blink twice if they have your family locked in a basement somewhere. Like once if you're oh. okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can we hit the Cubs real quick before we get out of here? Of course. You know what? We meant to do the Cubs. Yeah, let's do the Cubs first. Interesting. They is. It, <laughs> I think my favorite thing about the Cubs is it was sell, sell, sell about a week ago. That it's like they realized, oh wait a minute, we could still win this division. 
I yeah, like this is like I think this is good. I like this. I'm glad the Cubs did this. It's mm-hmm. minimally costly to do it because like look, you can't like Strowman, okay, Strowman was saying, like, I might come back even if you trade me, which seemed like a good reason to trade him, especially because you can't yeah. put a qualifying offer on him because he's already had one. Mm-hmm. So, okay, sure, I get that. But, like, you know, you're in the race, and you've got some money to work with. There's a good chance both of those guys turn around and sign with you again next year because by all reports of both Bellinger and Stroman are pretty happy there, and you probably have the cash to do it. You put together a really good, surprisingly good, in fact, team. You're in a bad division that's very winnable, very winnable still, and you're, you've just gotten into this situation where, you know, there's been some stuff with the TV there where, you know, they've got their own network and everything, mm-hmm. and they're putting a lot of money into that, and they're asking their fans to invest in it. So I think you're sending a really good message that, like, hey, we created a new product, and you're going to want to buy it because we're doing this for you. So I, I love the message that this sends. I think it's minimally costly to the Cubs in terms of their future, mm-hmm. and it sends a really good message now. So I like this. And, and heck, like, I don't know, are you scared of the Brewers and the Reds? Like, no. I'm not saying that I think the Cubs are going to win this. I'm saying I think they can, and it was smart to go for it. So... <laughs> Although I'm a little surprised the Reds didn't try to de- deal Ellie De La Cruz for a King's Ransom. <laughs> what the, you know what the Reds are doing. Like, I just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why anybody thought they were going to be on the market. Like, well, the Reds are going to be buyers. No, they're not. Like, should they be? Yes. Are they going to? No. Like, <laughs> this should not have surprised anyone. <laughs> oh, the Reds. Oh, the Brewers are doing whatever they're doing, picking up some bits and pieces and seeing what they can cobble together. So, yeah, smart. Smart of the Cubs. Stay in it. Why not? I like it. <laughs> All right. One last thing before we go. Surprise team. Who shocked you? Um, Big shock or just weird shock? No, I don't know. No, let's it's go it's big very, shock. very hard not to look at the like Padres thing and be like, what? on earth are you doing like i mean the angels too i mean that one um little shock though little shock miami miami came play mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i don't know why they want 16 and a half million dollars worth of josh bell but you know okay um interesting i think that they have pushed in in terms of like yeah we're gonna go for it we're trying to get a wild card which is I don't know. I mean, we all know how the Marlins won a World Series the last two times, right? Like, shouldn't have done it then either. So I guess that's the argument, right? Like, well, if you're competitive at all, you might have one of those, like, weird things where you slip through. But I don't know. I don't know. What's yours? What's yours? Who's shocked you the most? You know, um, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to go with, with, with the Marlins. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting them to be as aggressive as they were. Yeah. You know, a, yeah. a piece here, a piece there, maybe. You know, uh, the Angels shocked me. I mean, they, yeah. they, they went from seller to full-fledged buyer, but I kind of get it. I do kind of get that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, you can follow the logic on that. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I get that. And they, they didn't just change the buyer. They went right out into the into the heat of it and, and just started making deals. Um, but now the, yeah, the Marlins, the Angels, the, those were shocks. The Mariners... Light shock. I'm not. I mean, can you really be surprised about Jerry Depoto and what he did there? No, no, that's dumb. But I don't think it's shocking. Uh, it's I, just dumb. I will, <laughs> which I guess you make that argument for the Padres too. Yeah. Not particularly shocking, just dumb. I will say yeah. this. I will say this, and I will toot my own horn. I was the only one on this podcast that said the Mets would sell. That's true. Oh, you're right. We did say we would revisit that. Good job, though. <laughs> Good job. So <laughs> I went I, I, I went one for two there because I also said the Padres would. Um, but oh, that's right. But I'll take I'll, I'll, I'll take the fifty percenter. You know, I'll take the five hundred. It's better than the Rockies, right? Better than the Rockies. <laughs> the Rockies also sold uh, surprisingly on the road to five hundred. The road to five hundred means you're a seller. So, it's going to be clear that. Out. Like King's ransom for Brad Hand and Randall Crichton. I'm sure that'll turn everything around. Great job, everybody. Oh, um, God. 
It's also kind of funny that the Angels got CJ Cron back, but that's that's neither here nor there. I, I, you know, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm just curious how these races are now going to be affected by these deadline deals. I think what was fun is you is you heard from teams that we haven't heard from in a while. Yeah. Yeah, right. which I think is great. I, I think, think it's great, and I like that there were so many buyers. Yeah, there was a like lot that. of it was a it was there was a lot of buyers, a lot, a lot of teams buying that haven't bought in eight years, ten years. Like like it was it was a fun deadline uh, this time around. So now everything is set. Rosters are set. Every team has all these contenders now have the the group they're going to go to war with. So we'll find out in about three months who really truly won the deadline. But uh. Yeah, it was fun. It was, a, it was a fun deadline. So yeah, I agree. I agree. This was a fun. Lots of variety. I like that. I don't think. I mean, obviously, the worst deadlines are the ones where nothing happens. But I'm not crazy about the ones where it's just like four teams buying everything. Like this was all over the place. A lot of people in the mix. This was cool. So we <laughs> like that. All right. Well, you fans of Armchair Umpire, don't worry. Irby will be back as long as he doesn't get eaten by a bear. He will be back next week. Uh, with armchair umpire, and gear, gear up for the uh, the playoff chase because we are now in pennant race mode in Major League Baseball. Yes. <laughs> so, but that's going to do it for us here on this trade deadline special. We'll be back next week, full strength. Don't forget we're on YouTube now, so you can find us on YouTube at Lollygagging Sports. On Twitter at Lollygagging Pod, if Twitter still exists, I should say. <laughs> it's X now. I forgot it's X. It's no longer Twitter, but we're on there as well. Find us wherever you get your pod. Give us a like, subscribe to the show, help us out with that algorithm so we can get some more Lollygaggers in there to help us with these ridiculous armchair umpires that Irby's coming up with. But until next week, watch some baseball. It's good for you. In your neighborhood, who you gonna